Kevin O'Brien here, the FF Engineer. I host the Fantasy Football Engineering Podcast, where I bring on a guest each week to discuss a wide range of topics, all to apply practical knowledge in order to design, research, build, and maintain your dynasty rosters for now and beyond. I borrow brilliance from each guest and share how I leverage many different areas of expertise to accomplish a common goal of competing all year round. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. Football.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. Guys, playoff football is in full swing. I can't wait. The wild card round's done. What do you think, Travis? That's Travis the Beard. I don't have an opinion, but I do have a joke. How do you make holy water? You boil the hell out of it. Uh, <laughs> all right, no bird farts. That's all I care. About. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take it. I am John Light, the fireworks hoag, and this is the Super Flex Super Show. And that's right, we've got some fireworks today, boys, because we are going to talk about things that we got right, things that we got wrong, and not only that, we're going to make one another admit. <laughs> we were right about some things. We're gonna we'll see. We'll we, see. We've got Travis. We're gonna talk about Travis's call on Eric Ebron. We're gonna talk about James's call on Chris Herndon and Derek Carr. And we've got we've got all kinds of players to talk about when we get to that. As we continue our award ceremony uh, for the 2018 fantasy season. And then we're also gonna analyze some trades. We're gonna bring in a a, a special guest. To help us break down some of your trades. But first, we've got to talk for just a minute, guys, about some of the the new coaching hires in the NFL. And uh, the first guy that I want to start with, I want to start with you, James. I want to ask you about Matt LaFleur, hired by the Green Bay Packers. Uh, What does this mean for Aaron Rodgers? What does this mean for those running backs in the wide receiver group? You're immersed in it. You're a, you're not a, a Packers fan, but I don't know how you resist the urge uh, when you're when you're right in the heart of Wisconsin, surrounded by Packers fans and uh, watching them win championships. Um, while uh, while your team your team has has not <laughs> so, um, but you're close to the situation. Ooh, burn. <laughs> That was a good one, man. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, sorry. I was just, I was like, man, this might be our last chance to really kind of joke about the Browns. They're not going to be a punchline much longer. But for the moment, yeah, uh, a, a team that you're close to, though, the Green Bay Packers, um, without actually rooting for them, has a new head coach. What do you think? Yeah, well, it's an interesting name. Matt LaFleur is, uh, you know, he's going to be a younger head coach. Um, He's going to be, you know, under 40, uh, you know, taking this job. He's going to be 39 years old. Um, 
He's got an interesting history. Uh, basically started in the NFL as an uh, offensive quality control coach for the Houston Texans. Back in 2008, was a quarterback coach for a few years in Washington until 2013. Ended up going to Notre Dame to be a quarterback coach for a year. Then came back to the NFL for Atlanta, uh, to the Atlanta Falcons and was Matt Ryan's quarterback coach for two years, to, uh, 2015 and 2016. Took over as the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams in 2017. And obviously, that was Jared Goff's big year. You know, he took a big boost. So um, he got a lot of credit for that. And then went to Tennessee last year to take over their offense, their uh, offensive coordinator. Um, did not do that offense struggled mightily, um, but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Marcus Mariota was never healthy. Um, he, he, they just seemed to have limited weapons around him. So I, I don't know. Matt Lafleur is interesting. He he looks like he's going to be one of these young offensive-minded head coaches that kind of thinks outside the box. A lot of people are comparing to a Sean McVay, Matt Nagy type. I don't. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, Matt Lafleur has. Uh, you know, I I think it's a roll of the dice for a franchise that traditionally doesn't roll the dice very much as far as a head coach goes. Um, so it, it will be interesting as far as how this is going to affect Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, Lafleur, uh, interestingly enough, even though he uh, even though he's he's um, he was with the Titans last year, he he likes a lot of vertical routes. He he likes running a lot of deep routes, a lot of uh, a lot of verts and. And, you know, being uh, part of that offense last year, they, they surprisingly ran a lot of deep down the field routes. And I think that's kind of what Aaron Rodgers wants, guys. I think Aaron Rodgers wants that type of offense. And if, you know, if he can't find someone, he can make something with his legs or he'll find that dump off option. Um, but I, I think that's what Aaron Rodgers likes. So I think this might be really good for Aaron Rodgers, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know how good it's going to be for the running game. Um, it's going to be a lot of running out of the shotgun, it seems. Um, unless they have a bigger back, which it, I, they don't, I mean, they don't have a Derrick Henry in Green Bay. So I don't know if that that's something that they look to get. And then they look to, to kind of line up with two tight ends every once in a while. But I think, uh, I think this offense is going to be a little bit more spread out and it's going to be a lot of shotgun runs and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, moving forward, I think it's a good thing for the passing game. It's questionable for the running game, but Aaron Jones is good enough in the passing game to be able to make hay with that. So, um, I think it'll be interesting to see some of the moves that Green Bay does here in the offseason to add to that offense uh, to to kind of finish the picture of what we're going to get with Matt LaFleur. Nice. The Rodgers stuff is music to my ears. I am a little concerned about my boy Aaron Jones, but uh, he'll he'll always find a way. He's like water. He'll always find, find an opening. Uh, let's move on to our the next new hire. And uh, this one's going to be you, Travis, because you're particularly familiar with Bruce Arians, who is now the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He brings an all-star cast with him, too. Todd Bowles on the defensive side, and uh, Byron Leftwich is going to run the offense. I don't totally know what that means for Todd Monken. I don't know if if he's just completely out or what, but um, Byron Leftwich is, is on the staff as well, so... I mean, not only does he bring, you know, all the experience and all the offensive mastermind uh, that the Bruce Arians brings, but, um, it, you know, that that staff that he's put together as well, is that's something else. But I'm curious about Jameis Winston. I'm curious. I'm particularly curious about O.J. Howard. Um, the Bruce Arians is not known for using the wider or the, the tight end position. Um, so it makes me a little bit nervous. Jameis Winston doesn't seem to target O.J. Howard all that much. 
Um, he'd prefer Cameron Brait, and now you get a an offensive system that doesn't really target the tight end position anyways. So that part makes me nervous. But we also have the running backs and the wide receivers, and it's a fully stocked offense. What does this mean for the fantasy-relevant players? Well, you I mean, you pretty much said everything there is to say about it, so we'll just move on to the next one. Whoa, I did? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, so, man, if, if I didn't love Bruce Arians so much as a human being, I'd be really, really pissed off at him. <laughs> I think you can how do, do both. I think how do you how do you do that, man? He retires from the Cardinals for one year and then comes back. Yeah. He everybody in Arizona loved this guy, and then you leave us with. <clears throat> the, uh, I mean, I guess you know if he stayed, we probably wouldn't have the first overall pick this year. So, I uh, silver lining, I suppose. But. Yeah, man, Bruce Arians is awesome. <clears throat> He's a really good dude. And you're right about the O.J. Howard thing. That's like the main concern um, with the new offense. And in the you know in the five years he was in Arizona, the Arizona tight ends were completely fantasy irrelevant. Um, they had the tight end one on, on the Cardinals finished as tight end 28, 29, 35. I don't even know how that's possible. 29 and 30. Like, literally useless uh, every year he was head coach in Arizona. So it's definitely concerning. I mean, O.J. Howard looks or looked like he might have been on the verge of a breakout a little bit. Um, he flashed quite a bit this last year before his injury. So I don't know, man. I mean, he, he is probably a better athlete than any of the tight ends that, that we ever had in Arizona. So you could argue, you know, if he's a good coach, he'll just use his best weapons. And so, I don't know. We'll have to see. It is concerning, though, because he's never had a remotely usable tight end. Uh, it, I think it's exciting for the other passing game weapons, though, including Winston and Evans and probably Chris Godwin as well. I mean, Bruce Arians likes to chuck it down the field a lot. So, um, in my opinion, I think that I think the stock goes up for Mike Evans a little bit and Jameis Winston a little bit. And... Probably, I mean, just the way that Bruce Arians is with the players, I think that that's kind of the guy that the, – the type of coach that Jameis Winston you – know, or I guess what I'm saying is he'll he'll have Jameis Winston's back as opposed to Dirk Cutter kind of seemed like he didn't, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, it's fair to say considering – Winston, I mean, he got benched at least once that I can recall, maybe twice, um, not counting the suspension. But is a, it, this is an easy transition we, because we have one more coaching hire by your your team, the Arizona Cardinals. They go and get uh, Cliff Kingsbury. The, the ink wasn't even dry on his contract to become the new offensive coordinator at Southern Cal. And uh, he he managed to get out of that contract and becomes the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, his uh, his most recent experience was at the college level was as a head coach as Texas Tech. And I think that we're gonna need to uh, we're gonna all have to spend just a couple minutes on this together because 
James is going to have by far the most the most insight on Kingsbury as a coach. And um, and then I'm I'm also curious what you think based on that about the prospects of the Cardinals, Josh Rosen in particular, uh, David Johnson, and uh, whatever other fel- uh, you know fantasy relevant um, players that there are to discuss. So yeah, let's start with James with your thoughts on the Kingsbury hire. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, man. I mean, he was he was a coach over in Texas Tech for for uh, six seasons, um, and he he had uh, had a lot of success on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of people want to say that this guy isn't going to be a very good coach because of his win loss record at Texas Tech, but I think that's uh, I think that's that's a hard sell. That's hard for me to buy because Texas Tech just doesn't have some of the the top notch recruits as some of their competition does. So uh, they they were. Uh, they were up against it, but offensively, he really is a great offensive coach. I mean, this is the guy who who basically coached and developed Patrick Mahomes. He also um, got, uh, I mean, just a ton of production out of guys like Kiki Kuti and some other receivers that were there. So um, he he really is good with the passing game. The running game, obviously, um, is run more out of a spread set in college. It was when he was at Texas Tech. Um, I think. I think it's going to be interesting to see how how he marries his system with the NFL with the NFL game, but uh, but I do feel like watching watching his teams over the past uh, past several years there at Texas Tech, you can see that he's an he, you know he's an outside the box thinker when it comes to offense. He likes to spread spread the field, spread the defense out, and uh, he does that a lot of times with multiple receivers, setting people in motion, um, tight ends, that sort of thing. So. Um, he, he is really good at uh, at spreading the defense out and and um, and doing that sort of thing and working with guys like Patrick Mahomes and Kiki Kuti I think is is probably a big part of the reason why he got a look at the NFL. So, um, Travis, what do you think uh, that means for the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, that's interesting, man. Because I, I don't I don't follow college football at all. Um, I yeah I don't so. I watch film on the incoming rookies for that class during the offseason, the NFL offseason, but I've, I've literally never watched a full college game. So I don't know anything about that. But all, all I really have to say about it is I am I'm excited as, as a Cardinals fan that the that the Cardinals actually took a risk for once. Um, they years past, most recent years have kind of felt like they're just skating by and you know, they don't make any big moves in free agency. Um, we only traded up for Rosen because it was convenient and we got a really good deal. We hire we hire Steve Wilkes, like the definition of bland. And, you know, so I, I'm excited that they went out and, and finally did something. It could bite us in the butt. It could bite the Cardinals in the butt and, and he could fail. But he also... Um, could bring some excitement and some some creativity on offense and i'm excited to see it i mean okay so i hate to do to throw too much of a drive-by here because we want to get on to uh, other things but i just want to say real quick i this might not be the the kingsbury hire necessarily this might not be the matt lafleur hire necessarily but this this trend of hiring the young offensive-minded wizards, you know, trying to recreate Sean McVay. I feel like that's a bubble that's about to pop. But that's that's just a just, just a theory. 
we've got plenty of time to discuss that. Um, but I, I, for the moment, I'm, I personally am pretty excited about Cliff Kingsbury in particular. I was kind of hoping the Broncos would go after him, but um, I, I think that's a good hire for the Cardinals. I, I am getting a little nervous, though, about this trend. Um, after a while, it kind of stops working. <laughs> and people forget that Adam Gase was that as well, um, among others. And uh, look how that worked out. But let's move on to, let's get to our main segment here. Uh, last week, we started the, our 2018 awards. We handed out some yearly awards. This week, though, we want to continue that, but we're going to talk from a more meta perspective here. We're going to talk about some calls that we got right, some calls that we got wrong, and award a winner uh, for each one of those. And I'm going to let you guys start here and talk about the guys that I got right. And I'm going to just sit back, put my feet up on the desk, and uh, enjoy as you guys shower me in praise. Pass. Oh, oh my gosh, we're doing this, huh? We are, Pass. We are so doing this, at least this first one. My goodness. And, and we'll see, you, you we'll go see how it goes. We'll see how it feels and, and decide if we want to keep going. But uh, <laughs> my guess is that we probably will not. This was This is probably all we really need. All, all right. right. Let's, so... see. Let's see how it goes. Yep. So, so John, mm-hmm. turns out, man, Chris Carson's pretty good. <laughs> Better than Rashad Penny? I, I don't want to say that just yet. Well, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Would you say <laughs> that Chris Carson is, is an electric playmaker? I don't. I don't think I can go that far. I think oh, that, man. I think oh, that no. he is an above-average NFL running back. And he can make he can he can make he, he can create some yards on his own. He can break some tackles. He's he's a he might be a teensy tiny bit fun to watch. And that's as far as I'm gonna go. <laughs> um, oh, the so mainly obviously you were right about I mean that was my main point is he he's actually a pretty good player and I didn't give him the credit he deserved. I I will say that I still believe going into next season, it's not going to just be the Chris Carson show. They have a first-round running back waiting behind him going into his second year. They're not just going to bench him all year like they did this year. It's not going to happen. You still haven't figured out that draft capital is not nearly as important to NFL franchises as it is to us. Mm. Especially, it, it seems. I disagree. Everybody... I think I think NFL teams give their first round picks a a, sh- a shot. I think he's going to get a shot. Uh... I, I think running back though is starting to. We're starting to see that running back that doesn't matter as much because I think the window for running backs isn't isn't open so much. So they, I don't think teams are willing to show the patience for a running back to develop as much as they are other positions. But maybe. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that, that's Has something there... I kind of want to look into because I think that that we might be seeing a trend or the start of a trend at least. Has there ever been a first-round running back that has never once in a single game gotten the chance to be the guy? Well, Rashad Penny got a chance to be the guy. No, he when, didn't. When Chris Carson was hurt. Yeah, Rashad Penny had a monster game with uh, with Chris Carson out. 
And then Chris Carson um, came right back. What's to the, the what's the, the total? Again. What's the most the most carries he got in the game this season? Do you know? Uh, make me look it up. How 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 is this possible? How does Travis do this all the time? He starts out by telling you you're right, and then it ends up with basically making you feel like crap. Because he just says he just says that you were right, you were right about it this year. But just so you know, it's not going to happen again. <laughs> hey, I'm <laughs> just saying, I can't basic, just say you were like right a about Chris Carson. Compliment. That's what it is, and not <laughs> and not qualify it a little bit. He had one game with 12 carries. That's the most carries he got in a single game. It's like walking and up. <sighs> he had zero targets that game, so 12 total touches. Yeah, that, for 108 that's not, yards and a touchdown. That's which, not being the guy. Well, I I don't who who was the guy then? I don't I mean, know, man. Mike Davis. Uh, what what did he do that game? Well, let me look. <laughs> well, let me look. Because Chris Carson was not available for that game. I believe that was Week 11, where Mike Davis got four carries. That was. Uh... It was week. It was week ten, and uh, Mike Davis fifteen total touches. Rashad Penny twelve total touches. Mike Davis mm-hmm. eleven carries, four catches. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so you were right about Chris Carson. Nice. All right, that's all I really needed. <laughs> just, just something I could make into a drop. Sell now. Sell now. Oh, my God. John. Maybe. <laughs> you, you were absolutely right about Chris uh, Chris Carson. You nailed it, man. But I'm going to go on to another area that you were right on that you saw way before any of us. I mean, Travis and I, you brought up a name, and Travis and I, I think we both probably giggled into the mic because it was so just far-fetched and ridiculous that this guy was even I, going to sniff the field, right? I, yeah, I believe I believe I made you get on Skype and turn your video on so that I could actually laugh at your face. <laughs> yeah, both of us, both of us thought that your your love for this player was was just ridiculous, and both of us were extremely wrong. And that is Philip Lindsay. Yes, you were right, John. You were right. See, Travis and I, we both thought you were blinded by your homerism. You, you saw the Colorado kid, the undrafted kid come in and he had a nice camp and you thought, oh man, this guy's he's, he's really, he's the, he's the, the name to, you know, he's the guy that's been standing out in camp. And I think Travis and I both kind of thought, nah, they got worries for even there. This guy's not going to get a chance. And lo and behold, not only did he get a chance, but he ran with it. He was really good. He had a great year. And I, I think I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm not selling high. I'm holding on Philip Lindsay. That's how, how how much I like him. I don't think it was just a one year thing, man. I think I think this guy's uh, got some got some staying power too. So well done, John. You were right. Philip Lindsay was way better than any of us thought he would be. So except for you. Yeah, the I, the concern for me. I mean, this wrist injury is going to keep him out for the entire off season into OTAs, and I I don't. I mean, I think that he's going to be available for the start of the preseason and definitely the start of the regular season. But, I mean, just missing that much time, regardless, you know, regardless of what drills you're missing, that's just – that's it's going to be tough to come back from. So, you know, as much as as, as high as I was on Philip Lindsay, um, I have a feeling that we might be talking about him 
as a sell as this off season progresses. But well, yeah, wow. we'll, we'll see. So I I actually bit my tongue, and I was gonna say we can talk more about Philip Lindsay. We're gonna we it's a long off season, mm-hmm. but I I think I agree. Yeah, I think that I think he's definitely gonna be in in the sell conversation for me as well. Oh man! Wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Well, Travis, it's your your turn, man. It's your turn to butter up, John. I'm I'm tired over here. I need a break. <laughs> yeah. So this one, the, unfortunately, I'm not doing this on purpose, but this one also comes with a caveat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just just accidentally Big again. Time. So, whoops. So, John, by by default, really was the highest on on one Josh Allen. <laughs> in in the preseason, uh, um, this is not and... going the way I wanted it to. I was also the highest <laughs> on Pat Mahomes, by the way. You know what, man? I know you're not just going to give me a clean win on Eric Ebron, so just oh, I, that's I, fair. I, okay. Like I don't know what's coming. Yeah, that's fair. So, <laughs> all right. So you were highest on Josh Allen. He had a he had a very impressive fantasy rookie season, mm-hmm. and. And that happened. That's the thing that happened. Yep. And he still stinks at throwing the football. Sure. But he's exciting. He's more exciting of a player than I thought he was going to be. He is a great athlete. I mean, you can't ignore, you know, the whatever record he broke. It was like most rushing yards in a three-game span by any quarterback ever, um, I believe is what it was. So, I mean, it's certainly impressive. And he, he made the Bills more fun to watch than they've been in a few years. Um, so, I mean, there's a little bit of excitement there. I just, you know, obviously that uh, that wacky arm of his, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, not going to be high on him. I, I'm surprised that I was the highest on him going into the season. Like that, that one, that one didn't even offend me nearly as much as it just surprised me like really i was i was the high one on josh allen that sucks <laughs> all right all right i got a question guys i wanted to take credit for that i got a question for you guys quick fire no no just instant response john we'll start with you would you rather have josh allen or lamar jackson going into next year oh man uh lamar yeah, man, I think I think that's the default answer. I think Lamar is ranked significantly higher on a consensus basis, and I I don't really understand why. Um, they're they're very very similar. You could argue that Lamar Jackson has more to work on as a passer than Josh Allen does. Um, I don't. I I honestly think I'd I'd prefer Josh Allen, but I think that Lamar Jackson is valued significantly higher right now. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Yeah, and yeah, value wise, I think it's probably Josh Allen. But right where we sit right now, we're recording this on January eighth, and the way those two rosters are constructed and the way those two coaching staffs are constructed, I would prefer Lamar Jackson just based on what he's got to work with. Plus, I mean, we saw some very competent passing from him at the end of the the Chargers game he almost brought them back and i mean it's it's almost enough to forget about how absolutely dreadful he was for the first three and a half quarters but i to me that's i i, I saw some polished passing from him so i know he's capable of it 
I I think that they've got to be able to bring that out more consistently. And I think bringing John Harbaugh back is going to help with that quite a bit. And I think that, you know, he, he giving him the opportunity to continue to work with Lamar Jackson, I think, is going to make the difference. But it's – I'll be honest, I don't particularly want either of these guys. I don't think that they're long-term answers for a dynasty Superflex team. Okay. Yeah, I think I agree with you too. So, all right, moving on. I'm going to go ahead and th- – John, this one hurts like – that. Yes. Okay. So, I so you tell, guys say, idiots over this one. I know, and, and I the, felt uh, bad for a minute. And, and and the thing is, is that I was the highest by far of the three of us on this player, and you were by far the lowest. Mm-hmm. And this one really, really hurts because I I had high ownership of this player, um, and uh, and it hurts, man. But Kirk Cousins was not a top five quarterback in fantasy like I envisioned he would be. He was to start the year, and I this this one will come with a little bit of a caveat too, only because I know the the reasoning behind why you thought Kirk Cousins was not going to be a top quarterback. That that kind of didn't happen. It wasn't they were it wasn't uh, Dalvin Cook running all over everyone in that defense holding people in check. It was just playing out ineptitude in the passing game, and that offensive line was terrible. So. Um, but whatever, uh, whatever the reason, whatever the thought process was, you were by far way more accurate on Kirk Cousins than I was. I had had these starry-eyed visions in my in my head, and uh, and it did not. Kirk Cousins did not live up to those uh, those expectations that I had. John, you were lower on him, and you nailed him almost right where he finished. So, um, kudos to you. And man, that 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 really that one that one stings. That one stings. That whole, this whole, the last 10 minutes has been the most fun I think I've ever had on this podcast. Um, Kirk Cousins is going to be a buy for me this offseason, though. Um, I think uh, you give him a year in that system, a year with those wide receivers. There, There's kind of a rubric for the way, for, I mean, every position, really. But, you know, when, when you're, whether you're new to the league or new to a system, I mean, it just kind of takes some time to get integrated, you know, and that's why I was down on Allen Robinson when he changed teams and went to a new quarterback in a new system. I was down on Kirk Cousins going to a new system and a new set of wide receivers, even though they're excellent wide receivers. But I I mean, I think that you give those, and I was a little down on Sammy Watkins going to a new system, but you know, all of these guys are, they have transcendent talent and now they're, you know they're they're a little bit more accustomed to the playbook. I'm gonna be pretty high on all of those players, and Kirk Cousins is is one that I, I, I I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt going into the 2019 season, and I'm gonna be a little bit excited about him. But I'm gonna pick a winner here and go with with Philip Lindsay. That was just that that was like a half court buzzer beater. So um, that one I'm particularly proud of. And we'll move the spotlight over to James for a second here. Oh, talk about James. Mm -hmm. I already, I I didn't even think about it, but at the top, I gave away all the guys you were right on, but (laughs) I just, Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) On these guys. Yeah. I was yelling at you that whole time. I was like, why are you giving them all away? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, no, uh, no teasers here. We just, we just 
put all the cards on the table. Uh, I'm going to go first. Just skip it then, honestly. (laughs) No, well, I don't don't (laughs) even go with it. (laughs) It's got to be easier to stroke James' ego than mine, at least if you're Travis. I don't don't know about that. No comment. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) Either way, this is a tough night for him. All right. Uh, so, but I'm gonna go first here and and give you a little bit of praise on Kenny Galladay. I was high on Kenny Galladay as well, but not nearly as high as you are were, James. And in fact, I traded him to you in our contracts league. I don't even remember what I got back in return, but um, it, to me, Kenny Galladay was somewhere around like a mid first round rookie pick, and you had him pegged as you know, a borderline wide receiver one. And sure enough, he's ranked in my, in my dynasty rankings after the season he just had. And after they got golden Tate out of the way and Kenny Galladay just became the wide receiver one on that offense, that Matt Stafford offense to me, he's, he is, I think I've got him ranked as wide receiver 12. And I would rather have him than either of the Vikings wide receivers. I would rather have him than any of the the Rams wide receivers. So yeah, I'm I, Kenny Galladay just had the breakout season that you were expecting, that you called for, that we were all hoping for, but you actually went out and called it. Man, that yeah, that's that feels good. I kind of like this. I can get used to this. This is nice. Um, <laughs> Travis. <laughs> It's your turn now, and I I can't wait to hear what I got right uh, in your eyes. Yeah, I, I just want to throw this out there. I think we're going to have a lot more com a, a, a lot more conversations about Kenny Galladay because I'm still not buying in, guys. Mm, okay. Hmm. Uh, wide receiver twelve is insane, but that's okay. Mm. We'll we'll talk more about him later. <laughs> yeah, All right, so so this one might be the hardest for me of the entire night. Um, and and James, it's Royce Freeman. Mm-hmm. You didn't like him. I liked him. I still like him. You might still not like him. Um, I I it it, it is really really bizarre. It's bizarre what happened in that backfield. There's no other way to describe it other than that, with Philip Lindsay coming from the depths at his uh, you know 170 pound frame and and stealing that lead job. It does not look it does not make Royce Freeman look very good. Um, I don't know what the deal is there, but I still like Royce Freeman. But you're right. I mean, you were right. He had a terrible season, uh, mostly because he got straight up beat and he got his job taken away from him. Oh, that was nice too, man. Oh man, we uh, we get to stop so I can have a cigarette break right quick. Or <laughs> hands, yeah, hand check, <laughs> check, hands right. on the table. All right, all right. All right. I got Bring another one for you, Derek Carr. I mean, you were down on the entire Raiders offense, and uh, I mean, I don't know of anyone who is who was as vocal about what was coming with John Gruden as the head coach. And not, they've got that for 10, 10 years guaranteed. Oh, my God. $100 million. They just hired oh. a TV analyst to be their GM. Like, oh, they, can't even, they can't even tank right. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I know. Yeah. So, I mean, trades away Khalil Mack right away. Trades away Amari Cooper after using him improperly to start the season. And But you were down on Derek Carr going into the season because, you know, you felt like this was going to be an antiquated offense run poorly by a guy who does not belong on the sidelines any longer. And uh, it, it was going to start with the passing game and particularly the franchise quarterback. And uh, you were absolutely right. Derek Carr barely shows up on my Superflex rankings at this point. There are so many NFL starting quarterbacks who I would rather have and guys who aren't even starters at the moment. I would rather have Nick Foles. I don't know where he's going to be playing. I don't know for sure that he's going to be starting, but I would <laughs> I, I would feel a lot more comfortable rolling the, the dice with a guy like Nick Foles than with Derek mm-hmm. Carr at this point. Man, yeah. I think if the Raiders were smart, so would they. But, well, yeah, man. Did I, he break his back this year or was that last year? Uh, that was last year. That was my Broncos. Oh, Von Miller Jesus. time. Broke his freaking back. Yeah, no excuses this year other than the coach. Did Matt Stafford break his back this year or was that last year? <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Stafford broke every everybody else's back who had them on his rock, yeah. their roster yeah. this year. All right. so, Did Case so this Keenum is... break his back this year? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the new <laughs> <laughs> Well, we certainly know Josh Rosen did, but more on him in a little bit. Oh, no. Um, all right, so this is a last good thing, good, nice thing I have to say to either one of you. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Um the last one for you, James, is Chris Herndon. And this is not a joke. I am not making fun of you. Um, the and This is legitimately like props to you, man, because uh, he was he was pretty far down the list. I think, you know, for a while there, a lot of people didn't really even know who he was. The rookie tight end for the Jets is who we're talking about, in case you still don't know. <laughs> and. But, yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be made that he was the most fantasy-relevant and useful rookie tight end of this class. And I think that he showed enough this season and flash enough to to where he actually looks like one of the few core assets that that team has on offense moving forward uh, with Sam Darnold. So exciting things to come for, for Chris Herndon. Awesome. Yeah, from the original tight end, you too, from Miami. So, um, man, man, I got to pick a winner out of these. This is this was <laughs> fantastic, gentlemen. We got to do this weekly. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I, just looking, <laughs> just looking at this list, I, I I felt at before this, I before we did this, I thought Royce Freeman was the slam dunk winner. But I I'm actually gonna shift gears. And I'm going to go with Derek Carr. And <clears throat> the caveat on that is is that I'm going to go with Derek Carr because of your explanation, John. And I was uh, I was happy to kind of be that guy that was out in the forefront of that Raiders offense. And uh, immediately after that Gruden hire, I was one of the, the few that, that wasn't on board. And then after John, started, John Gruden started making some moves, I think people thought, okay, wait a minute, what's going on here? There's some... There's some stuff and there's some quotes here that he's been saying that just don't add up to 
to anything great. So, um, but before that, I, I kind of had a hunch that this might be the case. And so the fact that it kind of played out that way, um, yeah, made me, made me very happy. I steered clear of Raiders. I'll put it that way. Nice. All right. <laughs> the My moment, turn. The moment no one has been waiting for other than <laughs> one, one particular, uh, bearded podcast host down in Arizona. For the rest of us, me in particular, my bowels have been loosening this entire show, and now they're ready to head for the exit like a freaking freight train. But we've got to do this anyways. It's only fair. So, James, what was Travis right about? So, Travis, do you remember when uh, you had to tell me how I was right about Royce Freeman, and you kind of prefaced it with, this one's going to be the one that hurts me the most? tonight uh-huh. yeah this one's gonna be the one that hurts me the most tonight and uh-huh. it is it is andrew luck i was uh, extremely outspoken when it came to him and his shoulder <laughs> and the, the two of you genuinely put me in my place but uh, travis you kind of went above and beyond that several times basically saying i was insane for having him ranked as low as i did and you were right. Um, yeah, I, I had questions about that that injured shoulder. I have no more questions. Dude, that guy with a limited – I mean, that, he had nothing around him besides T.Y. Hilton and a bunch of guys who their, their team's casted off. I mean, uh, Eric Ebron, the Lions didn't want him. The, the Colts signed him, and and look at what he did. I mean, just that, that whole team, he was surrounded just by nothing. There was no playmakers there. Marlon Mack was even an afterthought. I mean, those running backs were just kind of eh. Nobody was really excited about them. And look at what that offense did and look at what Andrew Luck did with nothing. Dude, I was totally wrong. You were absolutely right when it comes to Andrew Luck this season. And uh, and it it my low ownership of him really hurts. And I am paying the price for it now because I am trading a premium to get him. And that hurts. Wow. So. Wow. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> this one's gonna be... also. You're still uh, you're, you're talking about him past tense, like you know he's still in the show here. He's the, the Colts. It might be a hot take, but the Colts could win this whole thing, man. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, I, that that you're right. That that team is uh, is definitely alive and well because they are they're playing their best football at the right time. So yeah. The real question, James. Where is he ranked for you in Dynasty? I just did my rankings, and I th- he's in the top five. I think he is four. He's either three or four. Okay. Okay. Three he's would be there. better, but okay. He's up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, I believe it's your turn. Yep, and this one is actually going to be heartfelt because you were higher than, I mean, just about anybody that I, that I listened to at all. You were the highest on Nick Chubb, I believe. I mean, it, you know, there obviously there are probably people out there, um, particularly the Chubb family, who might have been higher on him <laughs> than you were. But that's about it. You had him at one hundred two. Well, you had him at one hundred two. The yep. only player that you saw that was better than Saquon Barkley, than Nick Chubb, was Saquon Barkley um, in the the twenty eighteen draft class. And I mean, at this point. I, I don't quite have it ranked that way. I would still rather have Baker Mayfield in a super flex league, 
but man, is it close, number one. And number two, when you factor in value, the fact that Nick Chubb is going to fall to the end of the first round and probably even into the second round in a lot of startup drafts, I mean, just based on the value, I would rather have Nick Chubb than Saquon Barkley. You know, I, not, not not in a vacuum, obviously, but, you know, just... Yeah, the, careful the, there, buddy. The fact that you can <laughs> get... You could get Nick Chubb plus, like Nick Chubb plus quite a bit for Saquon, and I don't think that... I don't think that the discrepancy is that big at this point. Nick Chubb was such a stud in the in the second half of the season. Part of my issue with him was the fact that Carlos Hyde was in the way, and we you know we managed to cure that one. But I I just I I was just like, how do you differentiate the rest of these running backs, you know, after Saquon? And you were willing to go all in on Nick Chubb and. Uh, Nailed it. I mean, nobody was even close. I love Nick Chubb, man. He's uh, he's going mid-second round in uh, January ADP. Yeah, I I, uh, I also was kind of high on Nick Chubb. Not as high as Travis, though. And I'm a Browns fan, and I wasn't even as high on him as he was. So kudos to you, Travis, for sure. That was, that was impressive. You were on board, though, man. Yeah, I was bought in, but I, I wasn't bought in as much as you were. So I, mean, I was so I was so bought in that I held on to him in redraft leagues. I drafted him in redraft leagues, and he sat on my redraft bench for like six or seven weeks before he was usable. Wow! <laughs> yeah, held on to him. Held on to him. Well, let let me go ahead and progress here to the next player that you were right about, and John's gonna feel this one a little bit because his wallet is twenty dollars lighter because. <laughs> <laughs> you were right on Demarius Thomas. You basically went toe-to-toe with John, who is a, I mean, he knows more about the Broncos than anybody I, I listen to. Like, I, I uh, if, if I have a Broncos question, I would go to John rather than looking up their beat reporters. That's, that's how much I trust John's instinct when it comes to it. And you went toe-to-toe with him on a Broncos player, and you ended up being right. Well, he wasn't a Broncos player the whole year, so maybe that's why you were right. But either way, Demarius Thomas was, you're right, he was a bust. He did not gain value, and I don't see him gaining value anywhere down the line here. I like Demarius Thomas. He's had a nice career, but I think I, I think the end of the road is coming up pretty quick for him. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seemed like this year, um, I don't know if the, the passion just wasn't there, if he just didn't think he was part of a competitive team or, or what, but it just didn't seem like he uh, he had that same playmaking ability that he had shown previously and uh and you kind of forewarned us on it travis and i didn't listen and i don't think john listened either and both of us kind of got burned on it so yeah well well uh well done on the demarius thomas call my friend yeah he says he's not going to retire but he's certainly the odd man out in houston and i don't know who's going to sign you know a, a wide receiver in his 30s with an achilles injury so Sounds like a saint. <laughs> Sounds like a saint. Yeah, man. He was already, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, right now he's going 108 in startups, and I, I wouldn't pay that. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would be shocked if he didn't fall further than that. that that's, that's crazy. Where's, where's he going in startups? 108 overall. Oh, wow. Okay. Wide receiver 48. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I would not want him on my roster at this point. 
Honestly, I mean, I don't. I would rather take a shot with, you know, some of the young guys who are who are. Quite frankly, I'd go. I'd reach, you know, a, a couple rounds below him for a younger guy who has a chance to actually be on a roster next year than Gamble. Curtis it. Samuel. Oh, easily Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I, Zay Jones. Yep. I would. I would yeah, prefer so. Zay Jones. Yeah. I mean, you could reach. Maybe I'm reaching five, six rounds plus. <laughs> Deshaun be, Hamilton. Yep. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. John Ross. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Give wow. Me John Ross. Yeah. Yeah. We're down in the one fifties now. So. Yeah. I mean. It, yeah. I think I, I, as far as dynasty value, I think he's pretty much donezo. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're looking you at it? at least a year before you see Demarius Thomas back on a field injury. Anyways, after the Achilles injury, so. You you hold him or you try to get what you can. I mean, if you can get anything, I'd do it. But yeah, I, I have a feeling one? you're just kind of dropping him. Would you take a third straight up, nineteen third? Yes, I would. You? That's rough, man. And I think I probably would. That's rough, <laughs> yeah, though. I know. Mm-hmm. Right? Oof. Uh, all right. Well, let's all get right, this let's last one over with. This one. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> John, before you before you for. <laughs> before you go into this <laughs> last event. one, take a deep breath. Make sure that you're composed going into this, you know, because uh, cooler heads yeah. need to prevail here. All right. Like some yeah. music, like uh... <laughs> seriously. Light some what? candles. Set the mood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, because this is very tilting for me. Because, all right, so I'm going to acknowledge Travis that you were right about Eric Ebron. I'm curious though if you're going End to end the show. End the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm curious if you're going to acknowledge the fact that part of the reason you were right is because Jack Doyle was injured for most of the season. Ah, uh, here we go. I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Did you say part of the reason I was right was because Jack Doyle stinks? <laughs> yep, that is that's correct. Jack Doyle out-targeted Eric Ebron when he was on the field. The only difference is Eric Ebron scored touchdowns, and he scored a lot of touchdowns. It was it because Jack Doyle rate. just runs seven yards and turns around and catches the ball and falls down. That's what Jack Doyle's good for. Yeah, but he does that six times, and he's already got more <laughs> PPR points than than Eric Ebron on his one touchdown. I don't know the um, I don't know the contract situations, but I would bet you. Again, right now, Jack Doyle versus Eric Ebron for 2019. All right. Well, I'm not ready to do that yet. <laughs> I, don't even know. I don't know the contract at all. Me, me either. Um, but I also want to see how this offseason plays out. I, 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 don't, so do you... I don't believe that the Colts wanted to use the tight end position nearly as much as they did, just period. And I think that that's the biggest hole that they have to fill is the wide receiver position, and I think they're going to address it. So, I mean, it's it's not even it – for me, it's not happen. even a Jack Doyle versus Eric Ebron thing. It's more of a, the tight ends well, that, versus the wide That's exactly receivers. what it was. That's what you just tried to make it. Well, in 2018 it was because oh, okay, they didn't okay, have okay. any – they were rolling out Chester Rogers and Dontrell Inman. But I, I got you. 
Anyways, Guys, you, Deion you, Kane is coming back, and I'm, a, I'm, a <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even joking. I like Deion Kane an awful lot. I'm just saying. Yeah, I got him. I got him stashed on IR in a few places, man. Nice, nice. I'm, I'm liking him. I, I am. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if they spend some of that cap space they've got on a guy like Tyrell Williams. I think they're. There are also going to be some surprise guys who hit the free agent market who would be could easily land on the Colts. But anyways, that's a huge digression. So, but Eric Ebron, you you were right on Eric Ebron. I mean, he just on the touchdowns, he ended he was up, tight end four. I mean, right. I I didn't even think. <laughs> I I I mean, I was legitimately high on him where I thought he could be a top five option, but. Yeah, he, I think he had a better season than than even I was hoping. And you're right; it's it's largely touchdown based. I mean, he had more touchdowns than any tight end mm-hmm. uh, this season. So, yeah, um, yeah. In, in in also in a year where touchdown where tight ends scored. So JJ Zacharyson actually said this on his podcast. The t- tight ends had a about a twenty percent, I believe, is what he said, uh, touchdown share this season which is dreadful for that position i mean when that's kind of what they're there for is to score those red zone touchdowns and eric ebron was the only one who really did it consistently so you know it was it was just such a bad position this year but eric ebron was easily one of the best and you know the the three guys who were heavily involved in their offenses and then eric ebron catching touchdowns so you you got it right i mean that's just all there is to it so um uh eric ebron ppr points per game 13.9 jack doyle 10.1 what do you gotta say about that Mm, don't really care about (laughs) jack jack doyle yards per catch 9.4 eric ebron 11.4 how is it 9.4 for a guy who only runs seven yards turns around catches the ball and falls down he fell forward Oh, okay. At least he's falling forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and so so the the one thing I will say is I will not be surprised in the slightest if he doesn't come close to to the level of production he had this season uh in, in twenty nineteen. And right now he in Dynasty ADP he's jumped to the tight end six already. In Dynasty ADP. Yeah. And he's the same age as as, uh, Dallas Goder, a freaking rookie. So, you know, it's it's not ridiculous to think that Eric Ebron could could sustain this. I I don't know what that offense is going to look like. That's my main concern. But, I, I mean, man, I even just looked up their weekly splits. And with Jack Doyle in and out of the lineup, it didn't change things too much for Eric Ebron. It changed. Yeah, because he had like he played. Wasn't that one game he played like five snaps? He had two targets and two touchdowns or something. <laughs> yeah, that was such crap. You can't, and Jack Doyle had even, like thirty snaps. <laughs> uh, I can't even tell you how frustrating that one oh, was. Oh, that too. was my favorite week because <laughs> all of the Jack Doyle truthers crept back out after that week. <laughs> All right, so pick a winner for us. Which one? Uh, which one are you the uh, the most um, proud of? I guess. 
Man, I think I think I man, I don't know. I think I have to take the Eric Ebron victory lap mm-hmm. and and go with him only because everybody I mean, that was the most divisive and like people were mean to each other. <laughs> people were I mean, arguing for just weeks and weeks and weeks and Twitter threads just kept going and I kept getting notifications and it was that one was like that one wins the award just because of how uh, I think how prominent that debate was. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'm going to take that. I'm going to take the victory lap on Eric Ebron and then I might just I might just want to get out <laughs> like <laughs> I think I think I might. I don't know. We'll we'll look more into it, but he might be he might be a sell guy. Um, yeah. 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 I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right, now we get to the fun stuff, although we're going to rock through these a little bit, partly because we're getting a little short on time, and uh, partly just because I don't know that we need to hold people's feet to the fire too much on, on being bold enough to make a call. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we'll keep the gloves up on these, but we yeah, are going to talk guess, about man. things that we've been wrong on uh, this year, and uh, kind of the same thing. Um, a lot of them are uh, duplicates to kind of sort of like the opposite of one of the right calls ends true. up in the in the wrong calls. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So that'll make things a little faster too, but yeah, let's go ahead and get to these and all right, take your shots guys. All right, John, I don't want to hurt your feelings too much. So I'm just going to go pretty quick here. I'm going to start with Todd Gurley. I know that mm-hmm. uh, you're anti running back and you're definitely anti Todd Gurley saying that he wasn't going to finish his RB1 and you just weren't going to, to invest right in him at that. his... Well, right, <laughs> but you did say you weren't going to invest in him at his current cost, and really he hasn't been a disappointment. He's been good enough to to warrant a top pick, and so I don't think if you took him overall number one, you would have been disappointed. Um, and I, I, he's just he's been really good. He just doesn't look like he's slowing down any as part of that offense. Um, the touchdowns went down for sure, but I mean, he still looks like he's a prominent part of that offense, and and uh, and I think I think people were pretty happy taking Todd Gurley in the first round of their their uh, their drafts and having him on their dynasty roster still. So I was uh, I'm I'm just gonna say that you uh, you got that one wrong. Uh, this next one's pretty easy. You were wrong about Jack Doyle. <laughs> period. Big fat period. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to go back to Demarius Thomas and uh, just say, John, that you were wrong on Demarius Thomas um, because Travis was right and you were wrong. And the only reason why I made put this on the list is because it just shocks me because, like I said, normally all things Broncos, man, you are right on. So the fact that you didn't get Demarius Thomas was shocking to me because normally you uh, you nail everything that's Broncos. So um, that was uh, newsworthy to me to point out that you actually got one wrong on the Broncos, John. So, so John, <laughs> do you remember um, when you called Josh Rosen the rookie of the year yeah, or, was, or predicted him in season two predicted was, him? Yeah. It was like week five. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah. He had been, a, he had taken over as a starter for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so that didn't work out. Um, right. He, he might win the award for worst rookie of the year. <laughs> Um, he was definitely the worst rookie yeah. quarterback of the year. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, as a Cardinals fan, I hope that 
you were just wrong for this year. Uh, I hope that you're right moving forward, and and we'll see what uh, uh, big old Cliff has to say about it next year. But man, that was a rough season. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it kind of was. Hopefully, we get some offensive linemen. Yeah, seriously, and I know that I know you're excited about Christian Kirk. There's got to be more to that to that offense. Yeah, as well. he's a number two at best. I mean, Bruce Arians falls in love with these wide receivers, and he can actually turn them into something. But that doesn't mean that that they actually are anything. I think it's more Bruce Arians' system than the actual talent of these of these wide receivers. So yeah, they've got a they I mean with the first pick in the second round, maybe there's uh you know one of the one of the big names is going to be there for them. So yeah, Josh Rosen is going to win the award for me here. So Todd Gurley, I mean he, he finishes in, as a top 3 running back. I, but I mean he did let you down in the fantasy playoffs. So you know, I, I'm not going to say that that makes it right the call right but you know it it wasn't nearly as wrong as it would have been if he had actually helped win people fantasy championships again this year jack doyle was hurt demarius thomas was on a very bad offense just all the way around josh rosen though i mean the 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 big thing with josh rosen is the process was extremely flawed when i made the call mid-season so the rest of these guys, I called that before the season started. Josh Rosen, I had seen him play and still called him the rookie of the year. So that was easily <laughs> my biggest miss. And, you know, even when I had contrarian data <laughs> right there in front of me, and I still called Josh Rosen. So he's going to win the award here. All right, James, your turn, and we'll let Travis start it off. Jack Doyle. Getting a lot of a lot of mileage. You were wrong, you were you were wrong about Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle. He's not good. You were obviously so, so I meant to ask I meant to ask earlier when we were talking about it. Do you guys do you guys view Jack Doyle still as a valuable dynasty asset? Sure. Why not? Yeah, I I do. Okay. I mean, I, I guess it depends on valuable. I, his value relative to that position, I think, that's, is is still there. Yeah, yeah. that's top the thing. 12? Not top twelve, not quite. But I mean, he's he's, you know, top fifteen, and it's just because I mean, he okay, he was heavily targeted when he was actually in. You know, regardless of what you think about the guy's athleticism, the Colts like him. The Andrew Luck likes to throw to him. Frank Reich loves to use the tight ends. And, again, that position is just horrible once you get past the top, you know, five or six. So, yeah, to me, Jack Doyle is is right there in the conversation with, you know, whoever's going to be the starter for, for Houston or, you know, Dallas. I, I mean, I would I would way rather take Jack Doyle than a lot of these unknown guys unproven guys um, we have a whole off season to talk about tight end rankings and adp and stuff so i'll, yeah. I'll shut my mouth for now okay um james you were also wrong about andrew luck we've been over that one already so i won't beat that one into the ground but yeah 
Andrew Luck is alive and well. This next one hurts my heart a little bit, James, uh, because I wanted you to be right because you really you liked this guy so much. And it's John Kelly, uh, rookie running back for the Rams. And the reason I, I put him on here for you were wrong is, I mean, the the Rams clearly don't like him. <laughs> um, they they just refuse to give him a shot, and I don't know, uh, you know, what that means. Even when Todd Gurley missed time, um, you know, Justin Davis was was getting snaps out of him, and then they go out and sign C.J. Anderson and give him, 50, you know, forty three. No, like almost 50 touches in two weeks. Um, and John Kelly rarely saw the field. So um, it, it hurts me to, to put that one on you, man, because I know he was your boy. And you were wrong about Jarvis Landry. Um, it, it was exciting to see him, you know, potentially get away from Adam Gase and just that inept Miami Dolphins offense and uh, go to a new system um, with uh, with Freddie Kitchens in particular calling plays. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Jarvis Landry proved to be the exact same player that he was in Miami. Yeah, this, oh man, this was, this is tough to choose from. First off, Jack Doyle is interesting because, yeah, I, I definitely thought he was going to have a better season. And obviously some of that goes to injury, but some of it also goes to the fact that Ebron was just so good. Um that that Doyle just I want that audio or anything so yeah no uh, that's that's you'll uh you'll hear that a few times so clip, clip um, that audio for me so <laughs> I can play it at, play it back when I go to bed <laughs> um Andrew Luck was obviously my big biggest miss I mean that guy was was money for you especially in the fantasy playoffs I mean he just he kept it rolling uh throughout the year and and I was I I was nowhere near him uh, John Kelly, Travis, you're absolutely right. It hurt, but I, I think I invested more in him in Dynasty. I never did in redraft, and I still got a hope that, you know, there's some hope for him in Dynasty, but you're right. I mean, I don't know what happened in in uh, in L.A. that last year, but it didn't seem like – I mean, they signed C.J. Anderson. He wasn't even in camp for a full week, and they started him over him, over John Kelly. I mean, that that's there's something wrong there. And um, Jarvis Landry is the one that hurt me the most. And the reason why that's the one that hurt me the most was because I was heavily invested in Jarvis Landry. I wanted a part of this offense that I thought was going to take a step forward. The offense as a whole did take a step forward. Jarvis Landry really didn't. And, John, he wasn't the same the same guy that he had been because if he was, he would have at least been valuable in PPR leagues. He wasn't even that. I mean, he wasn't even great there. You know, it wasn't like he was racking up you know, nine receptions, he would disappear for stretches in games um, because they just, he wasn't getting open. They weren't using him. And, you know, a lot of the catches that he made that were these nice contested catches was because he wasn't getting open. So um, I I have some, some questions about him long-term too. So this one's really tough. I'm going to go ahead and go with, with the guy who was my biggest miss and that's Andrew Luck. Um, I mean, I think any any of our listeners would probably say that that was probably my biggest one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with them and say Andrew Luck was the player I was the most wrong about in the uh, last off season. All right, that's fair to say. All right, now, now then, bring, bring it on, bring it on. Now then, Travis, you were wrong about Allen Robinson, wide receiver, 35, new system, new quarterback, young quarterback. 
And, uh, I, I mean, there was just, to me, there were zero indicators that Allen Robinson was going to do anything this season. And sure enough, I mean, wide receiver 35, That's that was horrible. Yeah, I'm going to go right to Deion Lewis. And, Travis, I'm not going to say you were wrong about Deion Lewis because you, you continued to tell us how much better he looked than Derrick Henry. Not going to say that it was because Derrick Henry, you know, had a few good games at the end of the season. I'm just going to say that Deion Lewis looked like trash. Uh, like, he looked terrible for, for the majority of this year. I don't know what happened, but he fell off a cliff. And I know that you were the highest on him uh, of the three of us. So I'm going to say that you were wrong on Deion Lewis. You were wrong about Devontae Adams, too. The wide receiver won overall, still has Aaron Rodgers. Now he gets Matt LaFleur, so he's going to be even better than the wide receiver won all overall that he just was in 2018. But you, I, I remember arguing with you over it, whether or not he was worth the 1.03 in the rookie draft. Not just not the 1.01, but the 1.03. At this point, I would take him over Saquon Barkley. I would take him over, certainly over the rest of the guys that were drafted at the top of the rookie class. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Julio Jones that you were wrong about, uh, Travis. And Travis, this comes with a little bit of a caveat because you and I were both wrong about him, um, but nobody called me out on it. So I figured I'd call you out on it and let you know that you were wrong on Julio Jones. We both had some concerns with touchdowns coming in and with that offense. And, uh, I mean, Julio Jones had a great year. I mean, he actually scored touchdowns, which was huge for him. And uh, and his yardage total was up. I mean, he, he had an excellent season. And I think we both overlooked him and had him undervalued. So I'm going to say that you were wrong on him, and I'm just going to wash my hands of it. Ouch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Allen Robinson, man, that playoff game, though. Come on. I guess. Did you just see that playoff game? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And, uh, and John, you kind of said, you know, after you get a year under your belt, man, maybe Allen Robinson's starting to see the light in that offense. Yeah. That offense I, is clicking. Yeah, and people are this is this is the frustrating part is people are gonna start selling Allen Robinson now. And I mean it was it was wrong to be super high on him going into the twenty eighteen season. It was high, it, you know, it's wrong to expect him to come back from an injury and change teams and you know, expect a you know, a, basically a, a first year starter at quarterback to be able to target him enough to make him fantasy relevant. Like all, all of that was wrong, but that doesn't mean that Allen Robinson is a bad player and he just sucks now. That's not the case. He's, he's going to come back. He's going to bounce back. That offense is going to get stronger, you know, as Mitchell Trubisky's uh, competence within that offense, within, within Matt Nagy's system improves and I, I, I'm going to be pretty high on Allen Robinson, really, going into this season, into the 2019 season. I might be end up being the one wrong on him this time, but you know, people who are bailing on him now are—it's it, the wrong time to do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't want to be reactionary like that. Um, so, so I'm not going to pretend that Allen Robinson had a good year. Um, he he was hardly even startable. You didn't you didn't want to start Allen Robinson, um, but he he did finish as the wide receiver one on the Bears. So there's that. 
Uh, and he had 754 yards and four touchdowns in uh, just 13 games. So he did miss three games. And um, that's better than Demarius Thomas did. So... <laughs> Um, so yeah, he, he was not a hit. Um, Dion Lewis, man. Uh, I was wrong about Dion Lewis. And kind of Derrick Henry. Nah, Derrick Henry stinks. Uh, (laughs) He's not a stink. (laughs) But I, I, I didn't bring that one up in like within the context of this, because within this framework, because I mean, not only you convinced me on Derrick Henry. And so I was wrong too. Well, because because he stunk <laughs> for thirteen games. So no, he was he was actually pretty good for about a month, the last month of the season. Okay, so he stunk for twelve games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no. In the beginning of the year, looked like the better player. I will stand by that. But you are right, James, that he, I mean, he, towards the end there, halfway through, whatever, he just, I don't know, it looked like he didn't have it anymore, and and clearly it was the right move for the Titans to, to move um, and finally give Derrick Henry a real workload, and Derrick Henry did something with it. And I will say that I, while I still, and I'm probably more out, I'm probably going to be more out on Derrick Henry than I ever have been, because now his cost is probably probably going to be too high um, because people are reactionary and he's probably going to go, you know, I don't know. He's probably gonna be like a fourth, third or fourth round startup pick at this point. Um, and no way I'm buying in for that, but he did look better those last couple games too. I mean, he was actually running with some power. He wasn't just stutter stepping behind the line and then just falling into his lineman. So um, maybe, you know, maybe he'll be um, a, a usable workhorse running back, but I still don't like him. Uh, Devontae Adams, I, I I don't remember being low on him, but if I was arguing with you about the 103, clearly that was wrong. Um, it, it's not terribly far off. Like, I mean, if you tell me Nick Chubb at the 103 versus Devontae Adams, I mean, I'd still clearly want Adams, but I think you you invalidated yourself there john when you said you'd take him over saquon so i don't really need to say anything else and then (laughs) julio jones (laughs) julio i still have i still have the same concerns i did i mean he's aging now they've got another new offensive coordinator another new coaching staff coming in i just I'm, i'm gonna have concerns about julio jones again it's probably stupid because he's like guaranteed 1400 yards every year um so it's probably a stupid opinion to have, but I, I think I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to pick. Uh, it's between Allen Robinson and Deion Lewis. I think Deion Lewis was more of a failure, but he's he's not as high profile, so it probably doesn't matter as much. So maybe I'll maybe I'll go Allen Robinson because uh, he's considered much more valuable than Deion Lewis ever was. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I think I agree with you on Julio Jones, by the way. That whole offense, that whole Falcons offense, I'm going to be low on them all offseason. You're pretty usually, you're usually pretty narrative street, and, and there's not a good narrative going on with that. <laughs> I'm not narrative. <laughs> if, if I didn't anything. mean that as an insult. I mean, you buy into, 
narratives yeah. sometimes. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> I mean, it means more to you. Like, the, the behind-the-scenes, like, uh, intangible stuff, you usually factor that in more than, than I do. Is that not a true statement? No, I guess that, that part's true. I I don't know that's if it's necessarily I, narrative, though. Well, I just meant, like, I okay, see what so you're saying, though. Assuming you're going to be low on this offense because every time they get a new coaching staff, Matt Ryan sucks and the offense regresses, right? That That's a trend that, that we're seeing now. Is that right? That's a big part of it, yeah. 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 And I think I'm on board with that, too. Okay. Man, you buy into narratives way too easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, yeah. I mean, maybe you're right. It just it doesn't feel like a narrative when – I end up, I I feel like I'm swimming upstream on a lot of this stuff. And again, back to Allen Robinson, that's the way it felt, you know. To me, the narrative was, again, coming off a major injury, changing teams, changing quarterbacks, changing systems, young quarterback. And, you know, that's, all of that stuff is working against him. And, you know, the fact that it felt a little bit like I was on an island with that made it, it was like is that actually the narrative you know yeah how how did nobody say i was right about jordan howard were we all just right about jordan howard yeah everybody was just kind of is that what happened plus okay. i don't know how right we really were i mean he was he kind of did the same thing as derrick henry late in the season he was really pretty pretty solid yeah he was bad though <laughs> he looked he looked like crap for the large majority and of the season most of the season he was worthless so but yeah i think we all kind of felt that way yeah it's low-hanging fruit well our guest fell off for the night and uh we also just kind of ran out of time so what we're going to do is uh try again to book our guest for next week and we're going to do a full trade show next week nothing but your trades so make sure and send in your trades we're at superflex show on twitter you can also send it to each one of us individually travis is at travis nfl james is at underscore james the brain i'm at dynasty dude send it to any one of us or again the show's handle itself at superflex show and uh, we're gonna do an entire hour plus of analyzing trades and we're going to bring in a ringer to help us do it but we're going to wrap it up here for the week and as we do ask you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and if you have do us a favor and rate and review wherever you listen uh, as if you have that option those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach and uh, get out to more uh, a, a broader audience and really dial in really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you the listener you can also subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts Mega Feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And again, send in your trades to us on Twitter and make sure you're following the show at Superflex Show, Travis at Travis NFL, James at underscore James the Brain, and I'm at Superflex Dude. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song Me Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Bye.